thanks for watching today. Throughout the program, you will notice this graphic. It's there so you know that we'd love to pray with you. You can give us a call or go online. Also, this is a great way to keep in touch with us. Today, we are finishing up the series, Pray First. Most people nowadays don't like to pray, and half of us do it less than we'd like. But the Bible tells us in Philippians not to worry about anything, but to pray about everything. Pastor is teaching us today how to strengthen our prayer lives. Listen to the message, prioritize. Today, we are having our last message on Pray First. And it's part of our heart for the kingdom emphasis that we're going to be having literally for the whole year. You know, when Jesus began to preach, this was his message. His message was repent. And literally, he said, rethink your life in some translations because the kingdom of God is here. And then for the next three and a half years, literally everything Jesus did was showing how or teaching how to live in the kingdom. When he arose from the dead, the Bible says in the book of Acts that he spent 40 days with his disciples talking to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So Jesus always talked about the kingdom. And we can really say that his most intense teaching on the kingdom of God is found in what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's in the Sermon on the Mount, one of the places where Jesus teaches on the subject of prayer. Right? And prayer is really how the kingdom of God that is in heaven comes down to earth. It's through prayer. It was John Wesley who said, it seems that God never does anything for humanity unless someone prays and asks him to. You know, and it's in prayer that we have fellowship with God, that we connect with God, that we get in touch with a supernatural God. Now, when the children of Israel are in the desert, there is nothing for them to eat. The Bible says that God rains down manna. Uh, in the book of Psalms, in one place it says that God gave them the corn from heaven. Another translation says the bread of heaven. So I just figure it's cornbread, right? But they ate every day for 40 years. God's raining this bread down. They just go out, they pick it up. But the day they crossed the river and came into the promised land, then the manna ceased on that day after they'd eaten of the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. So once they came into a place where there was provision, God said, you go sow the land, you reap the harvest, you fertilize, you do, it, you do what you can do. But when they needed supernatural help, God was there with the supernatural. All right? There's a natural part of our life, but when things go beyond what we can do, God has the supernatural. Now it's in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 16. It says, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray without ceasing Verse 18, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, let me just mention something on that 18th verse. It says, in everything give thanks, but not for everything. Because God is not the author of everything that shows up. That's why the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, to resist the devil. Right? Not everything that happens in your life came from God. Right? How many know there is a devil? He is alive and well on planet Earth. 
He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we don't thank God for sickness, for disease. We don't thank God for the things the enemy comes with. But in the middle of whatever situation we're in, we can thank God. We can thank him that he loves us, that he's for us, that through him we can have victory in any situation. So when it says to pray without ceasing, it's not saying pray 24 hours a day, but it's saying pray about everything and don't give up. Pray about everything and don't give up. Jesus said that men ought always to pray and not give up up, not lose heart, right? You know, we've got that bracelet on, at least I do, you know, it says pray first, then a hashtag H4TK, heart for the kingdom. But it's to remind us to pray first. Now, last week we took a look at the Lord's prayer and how they're headings for prayer. It's, it's a great prayer to pray, but it's supposed to be more than pr just prayed. And again, for example, the, uh, it, the Jesus is teaching and he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. All right? Well, what we're supposed to do right there is stop and forgive everybody who sinned against you. And you say, well, nobody sinned against me today. Well, that's because the day is young. Before the day's over, somebody will. In fact, Jesus said every time that you pray, forgive, forgive. All right? So what I want to do today is I want to just give you Five prayer ideas, five things that will strengthen your prayer life. And again, the first one, Jesus said, Luke 18, then he spoke this parable to them that men ought always to pray, not lose heart and not give up. Number one is this, let prayer be your first response, not your last response. No matter what comes your way, prayer should be the first response. We've all heard somebody say this. Well, what you say, what can we do? And they say, all you can do is pray. We're desperate. I mean, we're down to prayer. That's it. Right? Christianity is not just about Sunday. It's supposed to be about every day, 24-7. Pray about every area. Pray about your kids. Pray about your job. Pray about your marriage. Pray about your, your finances. Pray about the decisions that you need to make. Right? Bring God into everything. In Genesis chapter 5, it says that Enoch lived 65 years and he begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for 300 years. He had sons and daughters and all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him. Now he walked with God. They're out one day. Enoch's walking with God. He's talking with God. I, who knows what about? And Enoch grabs his phone and goes, God, it's late. I got to get home. And God says, you know, we're closer to my house than yours. Choo! Took him to heaven. He's still there. He is still there. All right? The Bible says that he took him that he would not see death. You know? And when you get to heaven, by the way, Enoch will find, and he says, you read about me in the Bible? You can go, oh yeah, I heard about you. Yep, Pastor Dwayne preached about you, and I know you're in Genesis chapter 5. But now, here's what he did. He walked with God. Right? He walked with God. Adam and Eve, they walked with God. Right? That's what we're supposed to do. 
All right? Everything that we do, we should, we're supposed to be talking to God. All right? Prayer should not be an event. It should be an attitude in our heart and something we live every single day. Walking with God. God, I need wisdom. God, I need your protection. God, I need you to bless my kids. All right? The Bible says, one translation says this, 1 Thessalonians 5, never stop praying. You know, just in every situation. We talked last week about Nehemiah. He's in front of the king. If the, if, if the king doesn't like what he says, he's going to cut his head off. And the Bible says, and he answered the king and prayed to God. That, it, it, prayers can be short. His prayer was, help! It was that. But I mean, he was even praying. It was silent. It was a silent prayer because he's answering the king and at the same time he's saying to God. Right? God does not want to be a Sunday God. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We cannot do anything of eternal significance apart from him. But what Jesus said is, he says, you abide in me. You abide. Again, prayer is not an event, right? It's a part of our life. It's our attitude. We're abiding. You know, when you're abiding, it says you bear much fruit. And it's literally talking about prayer fruit. But when you're abiding, your parenting is going to be better. When you're abiding, you're going to manage your money better. When you're abiding, your marriage is going to be better. When you're abiding, everything is going to be better. When we're abiding. So first of all, make prayer first response. Number two, make prayer a priority. Make it a priority. Now, I know what lots of people are thinking. I don't have time. I don't have time. But the truth is, you, we do not have time not to pray. Now, I want you to listen. Proverbs 3. My son, don't forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days, long life, and peace, they will add to you. Length of days, long life, and peace. You take time to be with God, and God says, length of days, he says, I'll give you a long life, and he says, and I'll give you peace. So he says, first of all, he'll bless your day. He says, you'll get more done in your day if you'll take time with me. Then he says, long life. How many are good for that? All right. And then he said, and peace, peace, they'll add to you. Peace. How many could use some peace? All right. We're, we're living in such a tumultuous time. We need peace. Right. So make it a priority. Get yourself that time. Now, listen, this is Daniel chapter six. It says, now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, they had made a law that if you prayed to anyone except the king, you're going to be thrown into a lion's den. He went home. He opened the upper room with his window open towards Jerusalem, knelt down on his knees, and he prayed three times that day and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since his early days. So Daniel had a habit, and three times every day, he would go to a specific place, and he would pray in that place. Now, that habit is what made Daniel great. It made him great. Right? You, you never change your life till you change what you do every day. You know that, don't you? I can have a piece of cheesecake tomorrow, but I can't have cheesecake every day. 
If you can do something once in a while, it won't change you. But what you do daily, it will change your life. And if you will build prayer into your life every day, it will change your life. And it made Daniel great. You know, I, I often have people want to meet with me, early, you know, quite early in the morning. And I always say the same thing. I said, I've got an appointment. Now, my appointment's with God. Right? They think I've got somebody else, but I don't want to tell them. Right? They might be affronted. They think, well, God can wait, but he can't. And I can't. Right? Just build it into your day. Make it a priority. All right. A place of prayer and a place where you study your Bible. Jesus said to go into your prayer closet. You know, it might be a chair. It might be in your bedroom. It might be in your car. But have a place. The ambiance is really, it's, it's important. Jesus, often the Bible says, went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Why did he go there? Beautiful place. No distractions. Another time it says that he rose early in the morning, long before daylight. And he went out and departed to a solitary place. And he prayed there. He found a place where he would be able to connect with God without interruptions. Again, Daniel, three times a day, he'd go to the upper room in his house, open that window and pray. Moses, the Bible says, pitched a tent outside the camp. And he would go and pray. And every time he would, the Bible says that the glory cloud would come down on that tent. Right? So find that place. Find the place of prayer. Right? Then have a prayer plan. Have a plan. And you say, what, what do you mean by that? Well, we talked last week about taking the Lord's Prayer and using the headings in the Lord's Prayer. Again, it says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Well, if that's all you pray, you didn't forgive anybody. You're supposed to stop right there and say, who offended me? Who did something? Right? Who do I need to forgive? Jesus said, every time that you pray, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. Now, when you and I see somebody and we know something's not right, we may say, you know, Lord, help them. Lord, give them grace. You know, Lord, surround them with some people that'll befriend them and, and strengthen them. We can say a few things like that and we can pray. But how about praying something like this? He said, I don't cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding or your heart are opened, that you can know the hope of his calling, what God's plan is for your life. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What is it that Jesus purchased for you at the cross? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power at work in us and through us according to the working of his mighty power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Now, how many of you know that's a different kind of prayer? You're praying for God to do something on the inside, for revelation. You know, I come by and I, just, I encourage you, you know, that, that, that's inspiration. But sometimes what you need is you need revelation. You need information that changes everything. How many of you know it's what you think that changes things? 
It's what you think. It's what you believe. It's those thoughts that make a difference. And he's saying, God, give them revelation of who they are in Christ. Give them revelation of the power that's available to them. Give them revelation about what Jesus did at the cross that belongs to them today so they can have victory today. Now, that prayer is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and God wants to answer that prayer. You know, a lot of times people think, well, prayer is just my talking to God. No, it's not. He shows up and he starts talking back, right? And, and you need to write things down. I cannot tell you how many things I have missed because I did not write things down, right? And then lastly, the persons of prayer. And I'm talking about God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Prayer is connecting with God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each one, they're different. Their, their personality is different. And we relate to them different. And, and really, the reason that some people do not have an effective prayer life, it's their view of God. They don't see God correctly. Your view of God, which you believe about God, determines your relationship with God. Right? 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, says, The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Now notice it talks about the amazing grace of Jesus, of the master, Jesus. You see, the reason for all that grace, there's, 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 there's a couple of reasons, but I just want to emphasize one this morning is because Jesus understands now, you understand in prayer that Jesus takes your prayers to God the Father. Hebrews 7, therefore, he is also to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. So Jesus is praying for us right now. It's in Hebrews 3.1. It says that he's the apostle of our confession. Jesus is bringing our confession, what we say to God. He is the only mediator between God and man. So Jesus is talking to God the Father about you right now. He's, telling, he's talking about me. He's saying, Dwayne, he's in trouble. Now he's asking for our help because he is in a mess. And, and I, I know that what he's going through, it's hard because I went through it. And Father, it's painful. I know I went through it. And Father, we need to help him right now. Jesus is up there on your behalf and my behalf. Job, when he was going through all of his troubles in the Bible, this is what he said. Nor is there any mediator between us who can lay hands on both of us. There's no one to stand between me and God. He said, I can't talk to God. I can't answer any of his questions. He says, I need somebody who could stand in between us. And that's why Jesus came and lived for 33 years on this earth. So he would know everything that you go through, the pain, the sorrow, the grief, the loneliness, the abuse, the betrayal, the temptation of sin. He came and he went through all of it. It says, we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. In every place that you and I hurt, Jesus went through it and he hurt. Every kind of temptation that you've been through, he went through. 
For 33 years, he experienced everything that it means to be a human being. Jesus knows what we go through and he cares. And the Bible says because of that, that it is amazing grace. It's amazing grace, the compassion that he has for us. And so it says, let us then therefore boldly approach the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor, that we may receive mercy for our failures. Mercy is for your failures, for your sins, for where you've missed it. And Jesus is there with that amazing grace and mercy. And find his amazing grace. Now, grace is for today. Grace is what you need to get you through the problem, the situation that you're facing today. Grace is God's supernatural help to help you right now today and find his amazing grace to help in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. It was an old song that said, I need you, oh, I need you every hour I need you. And if we understood what God is offering us in this relationship with him, we would be there every hour. And it talks about the extravagant love of God the Father. And again, many of us, our, our, our idea of God is polluted because of our earthly father, right? We think of him and we think of pain, rejection, abuse. He was cold. You didn't even like him, right? But that's not what our heavenly father is like. In fact, the Bible says that he is Abba, father. It literally means daddy, daddy, right? And, and he's so different. Paul said, I bow my knee to the father. I bow my knee. And that's what a Jewish family would do. They would come before the father and they would bow. And the father places his hands on them and blesses them and then picks them up and embraces them. That's the picture that we receive in the book of Ephesians, right? We need to be healed of a bad image that we have of God. And it may be you need to forgive someone so that you can be healed. But the Bible says he is compassionate, God the Father. He's gracious. He is slow to anger. And he is abounding in loving kindness. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. How many of you are glad that God doesn't give you what you deserve? As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. You know, if you go north or south, you go north, eventually you hit the North Pole and you start going south. You go south, you hit the South Pole, you start going north. But you can go east or west forever. And that's how far he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And he delights to give good gifts. Jesus said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father? Right? We need to change our view of God to have a right relationship with God. And then the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives 
on the inside of you and that we're to have an intimate relationship with him. He's the one that Jesus said is our comforter, our advocate, our intercessor, our counselor, our strengthener, our standby. He's the one that comes alongside us. He guides us. You know, when you get that check in your spirit, you know, you shouldn't do that. Don't trust that. Go in a different direction. You know, the ideas, they come from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 John, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, right? And that anointing, it teaches you. That's the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, right? The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Dr. Cho, who pastors the largest church in the world, he, every time he has a service, he sits on the platform and he brings a chair and puts it right next to him and it's empty. And he says, that's for the Holy Spirit. He's welcome and we're going to do what the Holy Spirit says. And I love what he says. He says, the Holy Spirit never talks to smart people. He says, if you've made up your mind, he'll let you go. But if you ask him, he will show you what to do. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. You know, in our culture, so many people believe that good people go to heaven. But the Bible teaches that it's forgiven people that go to heaven, that everybody's welcome, that everybody gets in the same way, that everyone can meet the requirements. But Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. What that means is that all of my efforts could never make me right with God that all of your efforts could never make you right with God, that there is just one way to come to God, and that is through Jesus, to believe that his blood that he shed at Calvary paid for your sins. So that's why he said you must be born again, which simply means give him all of your heart and all of your life. Hold nothing back. And when that happens, he says you're born again. Now, if you haven't given him all of your heart or life, then you still have it. And Jesus said, this is something that every one of us, we must do. He's not a thief to steal our heart, a manipulator to take it. And so often we think, but I know about God. You celebrated Easter and Christmas. But salvation is not about your head, what you know. Salvation is about your heart. You need to give him your heart. And if you haven't done that, I'd like to lead you in a prayer right now. I want you to bow your head. Pray this prayer from your heart. Make these words your own. Say, oh God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. And today, I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer. I thank you. I'm forgiven. My past is gone. That I'm a part of your family. On my way to heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, we'd love to get you a copy of his book, Your New Life. He wrote this book to help you continue on your journey to take the next steps in faith with your walk with God. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and download it absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, Prioritize, in the WBF store. If this ministry is feeding you and blessing you spiritually, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give and click on the giving option that is right for you. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. 